everybody, and welcome to another episode of Gray's Academy. It is I, one of your favoriteest co-hosts in the whole podcast world, Kelsey. And it is I, someone who you love to hate. I don't even know that how to do true. a podcast. I do love to hate my you. Name, my name is Carmen, <laughs> and it's a beautiful night to podcast. It's incredible. What a time to be alive. I love it. Also, this podcast is brought to you by... Kisses, cookies and cream. Oh, those are so good. I almost bought that at Target the other day. And then you know what I bought instead? True fruit because it was on sale. Mm. Are you sure you didn't just buy an avocado? I bought several avocados, but that was actually <laughs> at Costco. Thanks. I, I have officially gotten to the point where I eat enough avocados that I can buy them at Costco and finish them before they go bad. That is impressive. That is yeah, like it's life feat. bingo. But I, here's the thing. I also, when I'm at Costco, I, I buy them. They are like a rock hard. It's like a bag of weapons. Oh, yeah. You got to. <laughs> yeah. There's there's a. So do you, do you put your avocados or uh, as some call them, avocados in. Uh, Fish avocados. An <laughs> uh, <laughs> avocado. Thanks. Thanks. <laughs> uh, this is your <laughs> nightly dose of nostalgia. It's road work ahead. <laughs> sure hope it does. Oh, and okay. they were roommates okay <laughs> i was on the phone today and i was walking to the mailbox and someone like was out in their yard and i was like walking um in front of them and straight up gossiping and so it took every part of me not to be like and they were roommates which was irrelevant to the story i just wanted to do it for like a bit that the person i was in front of wouldn't have even known i was doing a bit it's and that's the hardest part every time someone says um Someone says something about Earth. I either go, okay, so here's the Earth. I go round, round, whatever. (laughs) It's pretty sweet Earth, you might say. Round, round, (laughs) whatever. Okay, Okay. so the fucking kangaroos. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, in 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 huge huge news, did you see that um, Nike will no longer um, sell shoes made with kangaroo leather? I didn't know they were doing that. Yeah, there's there's certain Are you shoes. Up a lie, right? No, now? this is this is a truth. The <laughs> truth. <never> this tell. <laughs> is <laughs> this is true. Uh, I was just reading the article today. Um, anyways, this this episode of Gray's <laughs> yeah. Academy is so unhinged already. We didn't take the time to get it all out of our system to like catch up with each other. We just yeah, went right into recording. So today, <laughs> this you is get what the happens spe- normally before we record. <laughs> you you get to listen to all of it today. Can I just tell you about my day so far? Maybe later. Okay. <laughs> Let do me we just... wanna do we wanna introduce our, our little promo real quick? Let's do that. Um other than Hershey's cookies and cream kisses, this episode is brought to you by the opposite of saving lives. Kelsey, what is the opposite of saving lives? Uh I, I guess a true true crime podcast is the opposite of saving murder. lives. Murder. <laughs> murder. And every day you should wake up, pour yourself a morning cup of coffee, and a morning cup of murder. Tell us about our friend who we're about to post this little thing real quick. So one of my best friends in the world, Karina, I met her uh, my freshman year of college. So an embarrassingly long time ago, she has an amazing podcast called morning cup of murder. If you are a true crime fan, you'll want to tune in for this one. It is a daily true crime, true crime podcast like each episode is like five or ten minutes long so you can just start your day with a with a true crime fact 
And uh, we got a little promo for that. So here we go. We'll be back in just a moment. Hi, I'm Karina Bemisterfer, host of Morning Cup of Murder, your daily true crime podcast. Yes, you heard me right. Daily true crime. Every day, Morning Cup of Murder tells you a straightforward, short-form story about murder, true crime, cold cases, disappearances, serial killers, cults, and more. And I do that all in under 15 minutes. With over three years of stories and over 20 million downloads, the Morning Cup of Murder podcast has become a staple of so many people's daily routines. So why not add it to yours? Stream Morning Cup of Murder everywhere you listen to podcasts. And remember, stay safe. And we are back. And we'll be back again with a message from our regional sponsors in like 45 minutes, if we ever get to the episode. Yeah, maybe we just won't. Maybe we'll just do nothing. Remember when we did Dude Thoughts? Pretty standard. Yeah, sometimes you talk about it like we still do. We do. I'm gonna. I'm just gonna post an episode. I'm just gonna that, do an episode. You. That's not we doing it. That's you doing it. I'm just gonna take the extra clips that I've been recording of this whole time, and I'm just gonna like sh- photo shop together the equivalent of a uh, an audio file of you, and I'm just gonna interview you. And it's just gonna be your words. I'm gonna make okay. you say whatever I want. <laughs> that's a lot of. That's a lot of work, and that's how I know you won't do it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't have that kind of time anymore. Okay, Grey's Anatomy. This is episode 72. It is the 11th episode of the fourth season, and it is called Lay Your Hands on Me, which is a song that Carmen has feelings about. Yes. Uh, spoiler alert, strong positive yes. Uh, five five out of f- four stars uh, for this one. Uh Lay Your Hands on Me is a single from the album New Jersey, which is written by our dear friend, John Bon Jovi, who is uh, a big friend, big big fan of the podcast. Uh, We all have hung out with John Bon Jovi. We're big. Uh, He loves us. If you ever listen to his songs, he basically talks about us all the time. Uh, For legal purposes, none of that is true. Mm-hmm. August 1st, 1989 mm-hmm. was when this single was released. It uh, peaked as high as number seven on the Billboard Hot 100. And uh, also, I think it's worth noting that this album did very well. Uh, the album itself, New Jersey, uh, reached the, the number one spot on the U.S. Billboard 200. It reached number one in the U.K. podcast, U.K. albums, Swiss albums. Uh, New Zealand and Australian album lists as well. Uh, it reached number two in Japan, number four in Germany, number five in Austria. Uh, so the album itself, very popular. The songs, very popular. The lyrics, not that great. Um, <laughs> boring. Uh, kind of boring. Uh, this is the chorus. Lay your hands on me. Lay your hands on me. Lay your hands on me. All you got to do is lay your hands on me, lay your hands on me, lay your hands on me. Now listen up. That's the chorus, everyone. Love Bon Jovi. We're Bon Jovi stands. At least I'm assuming you are, Kelsey. Kelsey. Uh, <laughs> I know I am. Uh, but uh, yeah, so that's what I got. Big fan. Five out of five. Four out of five. Uh, five out of four is what I meant to say. Jeez. <laughs> um, um. I, 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 when I was listening to, listening to this song, which... 
just randomly pops on my iTunes anyways because it was already on my iTunes. Um, I actually had a feeling the the line help me lay my cards out on the table. You're mine. I'm yours for the taking. Right now, the rules we've made are meant for breaking. Mm. This reeks, reeks of Derek and Meredith and Rose and their love triangle that Meredith didn't know about until this episode. It's just like, it's exhausting. Yeah. This episode is exhausting. This episode is exhausting. So anyways, that's what I got. Big fan. Love the song. Bon Jovi. Thank you for supporting the podcast and loving us as well. And uh, Kelsey, back to you. Ready for some stats? I'm going to guess 19 million people tuned in for this episode. 17.68 million people. That was close. That was Pretty close. much the same as last week. Um, this episode was written by Alan Heinberg and directed by John Turski. Turski. Uh, it aired January 10th, 2008. I believe this was the final episode that was written pre-writer's strike. So um, this was also, this episode was the, right after the previous one aired in December. So this was like winter break. And then this episode, and then the next episode, hang on one second. Let me make sure I'm getting this right. I think the next episode is until like April. So sorry. April, six years later. The internet is being annoying. If you haven't listened to the previous, like, one or two episodes, maybe it was three. I know that Kelsey had talked a little bit. We've we've discussed discussed some of the writer strikes um, impact on cinema. And uh, I think the biggest one for me that I was very sad about was Heroes because they basically forced shut down the show and, and... they came out with another season after it, and it was just terrible. But uh, it's got that Milo guy, Rocky Balboa's son, Hayden Panettiere, the guy who plays Spock, uh, the guy. There's a lot of people in that show. It's really great. Um, but anyways, we are not fans of the writer's strike because the writer should have been paid enough to start with. So That's Correct. Yeah. Um, yeah, so this episode aired January 10th, and the next episode wasn't until April 24th. So bit of a break. As would they um, were able to wait? What what was it? April twenty fourth. No, t- from when to when? January tenth was when this aired. So the writers' strike started in November. I believe I had said it. I'm um, like November third or fourth or something. Yes, and then you're right. You're right. You're right. You're right it yeah. went through like end of February, early March. So then when they were able to pick back up, but the, obviously there's like production and posts and everything. So that took a little while. But yes, it was very long. It was like over a hundred days, I think. Um, So the Netflix synopsis for this episode is Bailey's family faces a medical trauma just as her marriage falls apart and George's mother makes a surprise visit. I think pretty decent. Yeah, that's actually, I think, one of the better ones that we've had. Yeah. Because it actually talks about more than one plot point and like. It's not spoilery. It's kind of three plot points because it's Tuck, Mm -hmm. Tuck. And George's mom. Yeah. Which are so definitely Netflix, like the good main jobs on thing. this one. Yeah, other than like the Derek and Meredith thing, which we personally don't give a shit. So don't give a shit. Except yeah. I'm pro Rose. So there's only six more episodes after this one, 
which is wild because I know the entire plot for the rest of the season. And it's crazy to think that they cram it all in six episodes. Okay. Spoiler alert. Yep. (laughs) A lot happens. What a spoiler. (laughs) This is the end. We're done. Done doing the podcast because of all the spoilers. Spoilies. Okay. So to recap. Okay. We'll start with the our recap. Yes. This episode, if you've seen Grey's, you know this episode. Bailey's baby is injured. A bookshelf falls on her child. Like, it is it is difficult to watch. I had a hard time. Um, And that's, like, obviously the main plot point. There is also uh, an alleged healer in the hospital. Um, And Alex is working with Han. Christina is kind of working with Han, but, like, not really kind of um meredith and lexi are making forward progress meredith and derek almost make forward progress and then immediately regress as per always george's mom is there they couldn't they couldn't have gone farther in the opposite direction other than murder Um, did we mention morning (laughs) cup of murder um yeah derek and meredith seem to be going in the right direction and then obviously it's a hard pivot and then um George's mom shows up and she knows nothing about what has transpired in her son's life. So. That's it. I think that's, that's, all that's we got. the main. The also, main I'm sorry. I got lost for a second. I was trying to find out where I knew that Archer lady from, uh, from, uh, before. And she was in an episode of psych. Mm, your favorite show. Yes, but I was trying to remember what episode it was. It's from the episode Autopsy Turvy, but like, what did she do? What did she do in this episode? Autopsy. My autopsy. No, autopsy. Like, it's a shout out to my Bob's Burgers fans. Oh, okay. Anyways, yes. All right, so here we go. This is a tough episode to watch as a parent now, um, for mm-hmm. sure, for many reasons. And I think we should start this episode with Mark. What say what about you? him? I like him. I like this guy. I, I told like you that him. they had vibes and they're going to fuck. I okay. knew it. I want. OK, you know, let's let's combine Mark and Han. Let's also Derek. Derek just walks Derek. Derek. <laughs> Bye. It's time to go to sleep. Derek walks, Derek. Derek walks Mark through the woods in his $300 shoes that he's so quick to point out to his friend Derek to a plot of land. over. It's a mount. So he's trying to build a house on the side of a mountaintop mm-hmm. overlooking the city, as people do, as people who make millions of dollars a year do. Good for you, Derek. I think he's going to have a room for Mark so he can live with them. Like Chandler and Joey. Yeah, I hope that. And they get a duck and a rooster. Uh, Anyways, okay, so Mark and Han, they have vibes all episode. And at, so you know how, if if you're, if I haven't explained this to you all before, Kelsey knows. I break my notes down by person and then by patient and then by storyline. At 12 minutes and 27 seconds, I needed to add a whole block for just Han. Han needed her own plot summary area 
And it was because of the quote, I think you are a crass predatory ape of a man who just happens to be a decent surgeon. <laughs> and she's just so savage. I love that. I don't love that they did it in front of a patient. Right. <laughs> who then literally was like, it's toxic here. Can someone take <laughs> me to my room? <laughs> and give me a refund. Yeah, I need my money back. My healers are literally down the hall. We got this from here, you guys. Yeah. Uh, but anyways, I know I jumped ahead a lot on that. I My adult ADHD kicked in. The point I was trying to make is that Derek goes, can't this just be about the journey? <laughs> and I know I've said this before. I, I hate the journey. I hate traveling. Life is about the destination. <laughs> Life is not about the eight-hour flight to Europe. It's about I was Europe. Just about to say, but you loved our <laughs> flight to Europe. Life, life is not the three-hour flight from Chicago to You're Orlando the with a screaming baby. Time of your life because we are never <laughs> doing this again. Have I told this story on this podcast? I don't know, but poor poor Carmen is not built for planes. Carmen is a taller fellow, and airplanes. If you're not in first class, you don't want to be in airplanes if you're Carmen sized. Yeah, we we thought it was a good idea to take the flight overnight so that we could sleep on the plane. That's what you're supposed to do when you do transatlantic <laughs> flights. <laughs> we uh, and it's ironic because this is like almost the four year anniversary of booking our hotels and our flights. We were just yeah. Kelsey just sent that text the other day. <sighs> I woke up Jess from sleeping and I said, "You better have the best fucking time of your life because we will never come back here again." I we woke her up from sleep that, to tell her to tell her that. Oh yeah, we're we're gonna go back, but I was in a <laughs> in a bad spot. Anyways, okay. But now you this, know what to expect. Yes, I need to take sixteen Ambien before I go, <laughs> um, and a Viagra but, just in case Jessica's feeling oh, it. <laughs> Mile High Club. While um, I sleep. <laughs> so I almost texted you again about this because Derek walks Mark up there and he's like, he goes, "What do you think?" Ha ha! I'm like. Makes the weirdest noise. <laughs> I actually didn't catch that this time. <laughs> yes. Yes. Like Mr. Such Peanut. A mess. Such a mess of a man. Oh fuck. Okay, Mark and Han. Give me your give me your thoughts. Give me your notes. What do you think? What do you, how much do you love them? I I like them separately. I don't I don't think they have chemistry or tension. I mean, oh, there's they... tension in that he wants to bone her, but he wants to bone everybody. So, like, it's not special. She's throwing it back. She is like, yeah, let's do this. She is setting a pretty clear boundary. I don't fuck people I work with. I was getting that she leaves it at the door. She stops it at the door and says, we can fuck, but we can't fucking hear. Only out there. We only fuck out there. That's an interesting read. So you don't think they'll fuck at the hospital? I think they'll fuck in the hospital parking lot. <laughs> <laughs> if the on-call room has its own amnesty quarters, <laughs> it's it's its own nation. Uh, I I think that they're gonna bone, and they're gonna bone in the hospital, out of the hospital. It's gonna be toit, and uh, Han deserves to get it in if she wants to. Consensually, yes. Uh, all right. Enough about the sex. All right. You tell me what you want to talk about now. 
we have more to talk about with Mark, but I guess we could talk about something else. I just my my brain is completely fried. I don't even know who I am right now. I've been up since five o'clock in the morning. Our HVAC went out today. Uh, again. We woke up. We woke up to Marlo's room being fifty eight degrees, uh, and then yeah, you know it's it's great. It's great. Everything is. Was awesome. she like so into that? Did she love it? Was she just like so happy about it? Uh, she she didn't wake up. So. That's <laughs> insane. I would be dead. I listen. I wish my room was fifty eight degrees. I, know. I was I like, that. you would love it. Um. So, oh, we should mention this episode is narrated by Bailey. Yes, that was For the first note reasons. I took. Actually, I forgot. Same, narrated by Bailey. <laughs> um, let's see. Oh, let's talk about Lexi and Meredith. Forward Poor progress. Lexi. She's she's such she's so sweet. Um, she has no boundaries. <laughs> she's allergic to one of God's greatest creations, the egg. I do feel I do feel bad for her about that. I couldn't remember if she was allergic to ev- eggs or avocado, and I was like, either way, couldn't be me. She'd be dead if she were me. I already finished this bag. When did you buy it? Uh, well, there was only like seven kisses left in there. I just so had the last not- seven kisses. Yeah. But I finished the bag. Okay, so what I don't understand about this opening scene is, so Meredith is making breakfast, and mm-hmm. Derek throws on this bombshell, hey, I'm building a house, what do you think? And she's like, oh, it's, it's yeah, it's your house. And he's like, no, no, it's also your house. She wastes an egg, poor chicken that had to farm that out of its butt in the mass farming cages of America, uh, but also factory farming, I mean, is what I meant to say, not farm cages. Um, I can word, talk. Uh, but then she, like, can't cook. And it stinks up the whole house. Like, how bad can her cooking be? I don't understand. It's just eggs. Yeah, I don't know how you can make an egg. Because, like, rotten eggs smell like sulfur. I don't know how right. you could cook an egg to make it smell like sulfur. At the even, most, you're just going to burn it. Even burnt eggs smell good. They don't smell good, but they're fine. Well, I like crispy burnt eggs. Yeah, and I like my eggs, eggs to be, like, the least amount you can cook them and still be edible. Like, if they're scrambled. Oh, I do not I, want my scrambled eggs to be, like, stiff. Oh, I, I like a stiff scrambled egg, but I like a nice, soft yolk in my hard-boiled, in my um, uh, sunny side up or oh, yeah. over easy. I actually, so I, I, made, I put, like, four on a pan the other day, and I put the lid on, yes. and I just steamed over them just mm-hmm. enough. Oh, they were juicy. They were nice. Yeah, so when I make my fried egg with avocado, when I bite into the first one, I hold it over the second one so that the, there's extra mm. yolk on the second one. Yep. It's like seeps on into that bread. Also, the other day for breakfast, I made cinnamon rolls. Chef's kiss. Perfect. Remember that time we went to IHOP at like two in the morning? I do remember that. What a time. It's a highlight of my Orlando time. Um, okay. But then, yeah. So Lexi eats these eggs. She has to get a fucking uh, thing. It, some sort of antihistamine because she's allergic oh, to eggs. Oh, epinephrine, like an epipen. Yes. That's yes. what epi stands for. Epi, epi is epinephrine. Oh. Uh, we're all over the place. Um, so, yeah, that's obviously not good. But we, they, we, they never circle back to it. She just gets her gets she gets her epi. She never goes back and tells Meredith, like, oh, yeah, hey, uh, thank you for last night. Also, um, don't make eggs again. I'm allergic. 
because you no, could kill because me. No, because she doesn't want, she's like not, she's trying not to tell her. She just wanted to like be nice. That's why like gonna... when she says to George, she's like, I don't have boundaries. She's oh, a yeah. people pleaser. I'm going to guess that she eats, eats Meredith's eggs tw- two more times before she tells her. That's my she, prediction. Okay. <laughs> Are you going to um, try to tell me? Are you going to spoil it and say she never eats her eggs again? I just made a prediction. No, I'm going to spoil it and tell you Lexi is killed off by an egg. <laughs> it's an <laughs> a ostrich giant egg. giant life-size egg. <laughs> oh, my God. Aren't all eggs life-size eggs? No. <laughs> I meant person-sized. <laughs> It's one of those life-size size chicken eggs. <laughs> yeah. The size that they are in in real life. Okay. Uh, also, the gigantic bombshell that we get in this episode, other than we'll, we'll talk about Tuck and Tuck and Bailey uh, last, but George never told his mom <laughs> that him and Callie are divorced. She shows up with baby clothes. Yeah. That she How has been hand making, and it's not one thing. This woman has a a dresser drawer full of handmade clothiers. Yeah, it's a lot. Um, bless her heart, she's doing the most for Louise. I love her. She's great. She's so sweet. I feel so bad for her with the end when she was like, "I miss your dad." Okay, so she's down in the lobby. Callie runs into her. She has no idea, so she starts telling Callie, like, oh, George told me you were trying. I made you all these baby clothes. Here you go. Callie's, like, mortified. She obviously says nothing, which was the right move. A hundred percent. And finds George and is like, yo, like, you got to get your shit together. My guy, your mother is here. Um, (laughs) My guy. And so he goes to find her, but... Of course, Izzy finds her first and does not shut up, as per always. I I can see how there was some confusion because what's what's her name? Leslie? Louise? Louise. Louise. Louise says some very vague stuff. Yes. It's purposefully vague. I understand that the writers were the point were in the of room. plot. Yes, it's vague. Yes. Uh, so then she, she's like, oh my God, that's so sweet of you. I needed to hear that, you know, it was a drunk thing. It was one time and blah, blah, blah. And man, George must've been so overwhelmed because he didn't even pass the intern test. And George's mom is just floored. (laughs) Yeah. Like what is happening? Um, Can you imagine? Finding out that way? All of it. (laughs) <laughs> yeah is he is annoying like just I, she's annoying <laughs> she annoys me and it's all the time with this like they've made her bumble bumbling like george like early season george you know what i mean just bumbling this word vomiting and then and then she runs away just bye sorry totally. bye George shows up and she's like, I'm out. My bad. I'm so sorry. Bye. Um, George's mother is like, okay, so you'll go to counseling and you'll stay married. And he's like, no. And she's like, cool. So then you're all just marry Izzy. (laughs) 
like calm down. She is distraught. She is um she is a person of strong faith, obviously. Um, she says they're Catholic. They don't believe in divorce or adultery. Unfortunately, both of those things still happen, whether or not you believe in them. So, um, <laughs> and she's not pleased with the scenario. And uh, yeah, she wants George and Callie to work it out. Then she wants George to get get with Izzy. Then she wants George to move back home with her. It's just like she goes through a lot of emotions. She's probably still processing the death of her husband. Oh, um, yeah, for sure. She says specifically that she like does. She misses taking care of him. And so that's why she wants George to move home is so that she can take care of him instead, um, which is probably a pretty standard like grief tactic. I would imagine. Yeah, I it's it's a bummer, too, because, uh, you know, obviously she goes through all these emotions. We see a full kind of spectrum because she goes from wanting to make clothes for Callie and George to wanting them to work it out and then wanting to be there for Bailey and missing, um, George's dad. Uh, I forget his name. Um, and then it's, Hey, move home so I can take care of you. And I'm like, man, I wish, I wish Harold, uh, took me a minute. I was like, it's not Hank, but it starts with an H. Yeah. I, George, George could be so lucky. He doesn't even deserve Louise. I'm like, Man, where where were you when I was growing up, Mrs. O'Malley? I could have used you as a mommy. She and she would have done you right. She would have done me right. Um, she'd be our number one fan on on iTunes. Oh, and Spotify. She so would. She'd be leaving uh, us so many reviews. Oh yeah, oh yeah. Which we're we're climbing. Actually, pause. If you are listening to this podcast, just pause it and go give us a five star review wherever you listen. Uh, we 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 see them on iTunes and Spotify the most. So if you're listening, please go do that. Um, if you give us anything other than a five star review, make sure you send an email to at Gray's Academy Pod at gmail dot com uh, and, and tell uh, us tell, why. Tell Kelsey specifically why because I don't have access to that. No spoilies. Also, we found out that we cracked the top two hundred um, on. The U.S. charts, which is pretty dope. Um, So if you give us reviews, it will help us get even higher and more people will find us. And then we will just do nothing but make this podcast, which would be great because then it won't take us eight years to do it. It's true. Also, it's not even just the top 200, the top 150. Yeah, it's pretty lit. Um, We're very proud of ourselves. We were ranked uh, number 138 out of all... All of those podcasts in the United yeah. States, correct? Yes. Which is pretty awesome. It's pretty We're cool, basically pretty cool. celebrities. Yeah. Um, so if you want to help us get higher up on that list, please um, leave us a review and a rating. And then take um, your spouse or your partner or your best friend's phone and do it on their phone, too, even if they don't listen. I don't care. <laughs> do it. Anyways. Yeah. And then make them listen. Even if you need to go make ghost iTunes accounts just to give us a five-star review. We are pro-ghost accounts for iTunes. <laughs> um, but so, for legal reasons, we're really not. Uh, anyways, back to the show. Okay, so what were we talking about? Louise. We were talking about George's mom. Um, I love her converse, her second conversation with Callie when um, 
Callie's like, oh, I used to believe in God and whatever. And she's like, oh, you don't anymore. And she's like, well, I believe in love. And I just love when she says it was okay that George and I weren't right for each other because at least for a little while I got to be an O'Malley and I really loved being an O'Malley. I just think that's such a cute and genuine moment. Like, I don't think she's lying. She really, really connected with that family. And I really loved that about their relationship. It it puts a dagger right in your heart though, because, uh, yeah, I mean, there's this scene where George and Louise are talking and, uh, He's like, yeah, I mean, I, I we shouldn't have gotten married in the first place. And yeah. even Callie jokes, she's like, listen, it was at a 24-hour church in Las Vegas at the Church of Elvis. So if it makes you feel any better, God probably wasn't even there. And then Louise claps back with a God is everywhere comment. Yeah. Um, which, as someone of faith, I do believe. Uh, but when it comes to the other stuff that she's saying, I'm not fully on board uh who knows they have, though you know, everyone has their some pretty aggressive rules in that church yeah the church of elvis though i'm a big fan <laughs> um no I, I think it boils down to like you know have that faith have what you believe in but it's it's i don't know uh you know it comes to abortion would i ever get abortion no but uh would i want to stop someone else from getting an abortion no and that's you know like be, be a faith thing i don't know obviously those are two very tangential difference different things but yeah um then we get the scene with george and louise at the end yes where she's like you should be disappointed in yourself and he's like mom i I literally am (laughs) he's like i don't know who i am anymore which and then she says who do you want to be and he says i want to be the person bailey named her baby after which like ugh, ugh. It's you, you obviously get the the hindsight of the whole show. So I don't, I can't really ask you what your thoughts are on this moment for George. Is it a turning point or not? Uh, but I, I feel like, and I guess we could talk about the specific moment in the scene. Are they setting this up as a turning point moment for George? I think yes, but I don't know what the turning point is. Um, were you getting kind of the same vibes? Like they were trying to write George, they were trying to like rewrite George's character in this moment or yeah, there, what, what I feel like thoughts? this is a moment of acceptance where he's like, I'm going to stop running away from everything that has happened to me and I'm going to take control of my own life. So like he asks Lexi to move in. Right. So he's removing himself from, from the Izzy situation from Meredith's house, from like all these people that have moved to a different stage in their lives. He's still an intern. So he's now going to live potentially with Lexi, another intern. So he's like, it feels like he's reevaluating. He's like, I'm just going to have to accept these things. And, and I can't marry Callie to run away from my dad's death. I can't just keep living in this house with this person that I won't thought I wanted to be with, with all these people who have moved to the next level in their careers when I'm still at the level that we were all previously. So I don't know. I, that's kind of how I took it. Yeah, I really like that a lot. I I didn't really put all of those two things together, but I do see that as like a a moving on point, a like a hit the reset button. Uh, now that his mom knows the truth, I think there's a lot of weight off of his shoulders, and it's kind of like the the burden has been lifted. And uh, when when he said he wanted to look, you know, kind of for a roommate, and he was talking to Lexi about it, uh, official prediction: they have sex together. <laughs> um, 
I don't know when, but they have sex. Segs with S-E and two G's and an S. Segs. That's all I got. I get the, the thing that's all I got for Louise. Um, great character. Bring her back. Use her more. Love it. Thank you, Shondaland, for reuniting us with her. Yes, we love her. She's um she's an angel. Uh, Spin that wheel and tell us what's next, Kelsey. Uh, I think we can talk about Derek and Rose and Meredith. Snore. Yeah, but there's not much else to cover before we get to Bailey, right? Uh, we could talk about. There's a lot of Alex stuff. There's that Miss Archer stuff. Um, the healer. You know, there's a couple of things we could talk about. But let's let yeah, let's talk Derek, Meredith, and Rose. Um, let's get this shit out of the way. <laughs> I want to reiterate: it is impossible to ruin an egg, Meredith. It's impossible. <laughs> Writers, give her something more creative to destroy. I the truly kitchen. thought you were going to say it is impossible for me to care about this relationship. <laughs> I don't. It's not wrong. I know. They're not Monica and Chandler. It's so much. And I understand like this is a drama. This is a drama show. Like it is not a comedy. It's a drama. So there has to be this conflict. There has to be this back and forth. But like. At a certain point, we're just so tired. And it's like... Is this what I have to look forward to for 19 seasons? We don't even get the full episode of them being good. Like, it's not even a one episode of them being good. Um, Before they're falling apart again. Yeah. And um, here's like... Meredith okay I've said this a million times I'm going to continue to say it their issue is communication Meredith made what she felt like to be a gesture to indicate that she is like doing work to be with Derek Derek took that gesture as I think grander than she meant it to be if that makes sense so they are both like looking at it as like, okay, cool. We can like do this relationship. It's just what that means is different to them. And like, because their communication is garbage, like this is what happens. He thinks that she is like ready to be all in. Like he thinks that's what her saying. Don't date anyone else means like, I'm ready to give you everything you said you wanted. That's what he, and like, honestly, it's kind of fair. Um, early on, like, because she basically just comes and she's like, Hey, don't date anyone else. I just want you to date me. And because of their previous conversation, uh, his assumption to me at that point, I understand why he would assume that. You, um, you mean like she's, she wouldn't have said that unless she was saying, I'm in, let's do this. this in his mind. Yes. Thing. In yes. his mind. And, yeah, okay. and in her mind, that's not where she is. That's fine. Like the issue is you can't just say the thing you need to give clarification, especially if you are these two people. <laughs> yeah context clues go a long way if you're normal but these two don't have context clues yeah. they just assume whatever they want to assume and and the crazy thing is is in the beginning of the episode when Derek's like hey like what's up I'm trying to get you this house and she's like yeah totally but there's a hundred steps between now and our dream house and a lot of them are very sexual mm-hmm. and she says that to him and I'm like okay all right 
good <laughs> moment. Good on you. You're being honest. Yeah. You're like trying to set up like a boundary, which I yeah. think was was very good. Um, and then Derek takes that. He goes to Rose and he's like, yeah, that was just a kiss, whatever, blah, blah, blah. I'm seeing someone. Uh, but it kind of comes on the heels of him being very flirty. Like, do you eat? other food other than sweet tarts do you eat real food and she's like take me to dinner and find out um which man, i will say that girl's it is a game. little flirty but he does immediately shut it down but in yeah. a very kind and respectful way yes it's a very mature back and forth and i i appreciate that especially in a workplace because that could easily be very problematic yes so we don't really get a ton of the in-between stuff because it goes to george very mm-hmm. hilariously finding out about Rose and Derek's kiss and just mm-hmm. walks up and is like, oh, tiptoeing backwards. I didn't <laughs> not beat borp, you know, and he's then he tells Meredith like a fucking moron. Typical well, George. He does fashion. assume that she knows, which I do think is a fair assumption because she's out here talking about basically how he wants to marry her. So it's fair to think that, okay, he's probably being honest with her about whatever else has been going on. And, um, like, I don't really fault George. And he even says, he's like, I wasn't eavesdropping. They weren't being secretive about it. Like if uh, his assumption is that, oh, maybe Meredith didn't want people to know, but like, you know, well, they're talking about it out in front of everybody. So like people are going to know is what he's saying. And that's a fair, but. That's yeah. a fair assumption, actually, now that you kind of spell that out for my tiny, tiny man brain. Yeah. <laughs> uh, so, I don't know. It's just like, obviously, she was going to find out. What I hate is when he she goes and confronts him about it, and he says, I kissed her, but obviously you know that. Otherwise, you wouldn't be asking me about it. Bitch, don't, like, you're already, like, gaslighting her. It was a bit of a gaslighty comment. However, the rest of the argument, I'm actually on Derek's side because Meredith's like, well, when did this happen? And he's like, well, it was yesterday. And the thing is, is he she told him that she doesn't want him to see other people. He goes to say something. We don't know what he was going to say, but she yeah. says, shut the fuck up. Don't speak. We'll talk <laughs> tomorrow. Don't speak. And he's like, yesterday we were we were seeing other people. We were dating other people. And she goes, that's not the point. And I'm like, yeah, no, actually, it is the point. You were on a break. I think the point more so is that she was not told. Um, I agree. Had he said in that moment, like, okay, yes, I do want to be with you. Just so you know, I was a minute ago making out with someone else. But it means nothing to me. And I would much prefer to be with you. Um. Also, I do agree that he makes a lot of valid points. What I take issue with is like the accusatory delivery of all the points, if that makes sense. Like he's mean. He's saying like she has emotional baggage and issues that are based in real like traumas that she has experienced. And he like blames her for having trauma as though he does not have any unresolved issues. Or that he's not contributing to any of Meredith's per- persistent issues. Yeah. Like, and when she says, I can't trust you, and he says, you can't trust anyone. Well, that may be true, but you're not making it any easier. Yeah. And then when he says, 
you just would find a reason to not trust me. Again, well, you, true. You make it easy. <laughs> yeah, uh, I agree. It's it's um, if he would have taken a different tone of, the, of that and said, "Look, you're right. I should have told you. I'm so sorry." But this was a time when we were not together. We were or we were dating other people, and I want you to know that when you told me that, and I had the opportunity to to do something again, I shut it down because I want to be with you. I'm choosing you. I'm picking yeah. you, choosing you, loving you. And yeah, I never called like, you a whore. Yes. He absolutely could have said like, uh, he could have apologized for not telling her and be like, I have already spoken with her and made it very clear that like, you are the one I want to be with. But that's not what he does. He just immediately goes on the defensive. And it's just not, it's not kosher. It's not kosher pickle. So I'm, I'm getting that they broke up. Yeah. Because then Derek goes and is like, hey, Rose, what time cannot, I cannot be alone, <laughs> cannot leave the hospital without the prospect of getting some <laughs> like, a respect. Honestly, though, I don't like there's it's just not about sex for him. Like he's very codependent and he needs to take time to himself and figure out who he is because he got married young, which sometimes works out for people. In this case, it did not work out. And I just think that like he could have a moment talk to a therapist, look inward to himself and get his fucking shit together. Word. See a therapist, fish for some trout, build a house. (laughs) And, uh, that's all I got for Derek. Rose is great though. I like Rose. I like Rose. She's very pretty. I just like every time she's on the screen, I'm like, your hair is so perfect. It's so voluminous. And I know that you've had to tie it up under like a scrub surgical cap and yet it's still so beautiful. And I am envious of that. Voluminous. Is that a word? Yes. Have you seen a hair commercial ever? Did you mean to say voluptuous? No, I meant to say voluminous. I'm looking this up. Okay. Also though, but can you pause and think about the hair on the children that they would have? Oh, incredible. It'd be almost as good as mine. It'd be like some Johnny Bravo looking brunette. <laughs> um, okay, voluminous. Uh, a clothing or drapery. Loose and ample. <laughs> Very lengthy and full, which I see that now. <laughs> uh, Having volume. Voluptuous. Curvy. Characterized. <laughs> you may have been right on this one. Yeah, and also all of the other ones. Just this one only. This Every one is one curvaceous ever. and sexually attractive, which actually is exactly <laughs> how I would describe her hair. <laughs> That's fine. That hair is a voluptuous woman. <laughs> um. Okay. So, yeah, my main issue with Meredith and Derek is, like, just the end conversation and just, like, how he just looks like he, like, he he just goes zero to a hundred. It's very Carmen. Oh, yeah. I don't care for oh. it. Oh. Oh. <laughs> oh. Interesting. Um, all right. That's all I got on them. I do want to say, going through my notes here, Izzy gets the quote of the episode and... When uh, she walks in, uh, Alex walks in, and she goes, I hate work. And he goes, since when? And she goes, since I hate it. That is me. That is a you quote for sure. 
Izzy had another quote that I was like, oh, when she's like, yeah, Christina, in the contest to see who can be the best robot, you win. And I was like, damn, Izzy is salty in this episode. Well, then even Christina leans into it. She starts making. So funny. This is a good one liner episode. Um, yeah. Let's see what else we got. Even Weber, when Weber was, uh, when when everything was going down with with Tuck, and he's like, uh, "Hey, uh, Meredith, I need you to babysit Bailey." And Bailey's like, "Fuck you!" And Weber's like, "No, no, she, yeah, she yeah. needs it." Yeah. She's like, "I don't need a babysitter. I know you don't. <laughs> Stay with her." <laughs> yeah, you say on her like a hawk. Uh, oh, at four minutes and thirty eight seconds, when uh, Callie and Han were in the elevator. Mm-hmm. And uh, they open up the elevator, and Mark is there. Mm-hmm. That is how I knew that they're gonna fuck. Mark that and Han. Was, yep. Callie and Mark. And Han, all of them. All of, three. All three some. together. <laughs> good for um, them. They all deserve good, good threesome. For them. Uh, yeah. Should we talk about the healer, Miss Archer? Let us. Let us. And tomato. Um, so Elizabeth Archer is there because her heart is about to explode in a bad way. And as opposed to the good. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Like how your heart explodes with joy every time you see me. Oh, yeah, Yeah. that's right. I have um, an aortic dissection every time I see you. <laughs> but the good kind. The good kind of aortic dissection. The happy kind. So um, they find her like laying hands on this <laughs> man, above this man and stopping his VTEC, uh, which he had been in and out of all day. And they're like, how the fuck did you do this? And well, first she passes out. And then they are like, how the fuck did you do that? And she's like, well, I'm a healer. And they're like a faith healer. And she says, I'm a healer. I have faith. They're not related. It's irrelevant. I'm a faith. I'm a healer. It doesn't matter. So what lay are your, your on that? hands on me. Lay Here's the thing. I don't know me. that song. So all I hear when I see lay your hands on me is ABBA. Don't go wasting your emotions. What song is that? Lay all your love on me. It was a little flat there. Sorry. It's okay. I wasn't going to say anything. I thought it was still very good. I could I could fix it in post. Oh, thank you. Please <laughs> a little do. Auto-tune. I, I'm certain you will. <laughs> <laughs> um, I, yeah, first off, go listen to this song afterwards. It's very good. Um. This woman is interesting because she's like, she's just doing her own thing. She's like, look, I'm not trying to do your job. I'm not trying to tell you. I'm not trying to tell you to like, tell me what's right or wrong. I'm just saying. And even like, when she was talking yeah, to Han. This like, is what I'm going to do. I'm going yeah, to do me. I'm going to do me. Just don't uh, stop. Don't stop me. Don't get my way. You yeah. Don't believe it. But like, let me do it. Um, You know, it's my favorite baseball player. I'm going to do me. I'm, that would probably mean something if I knew anybody in baseball. There's <laughs> no one in baseball. Rude. I was making it all up on the spot. Um, Amadumi, number 69, Chicago White Sox. <laughs> of course he is. Stepper to the plate, number 69, Amadumi. That was more basketball, though. I apologize, everyone. 
yeah, so like she's like, hey, I just need you to walk me through this procedure. Tell me very in depth so that my mind and my healers can do their work. Yeah, she's like, I'm going to envision it. and I'm going to do it with my mind, which is wild. So we don't really get like a resolution on it. Nope, none. Like we don't know if it worked. I want to know if it worked. The, the, the scene where they're like, hey, Alex, you are mm-hmm. a good boy, but you are a bad man. Yeah. Savage. They it's, saw right into his rough. fucking soul. Mm-hmm. Um, can you, can you, without spoiling it, just talk? Do we, we get some Alex backstory, right? Like, yeah. We, yeah. Okay. Yeah, uh, when? for sure. Is it before the season's over? Because I just want nope. it. <laughs> oh. It's is it not. Before, is it season 18? <laughs> It's before season 18. <laughs> season 17. <laughs> I just, I want to know. I want to know yeah, his deal. I want to know his they story. they definitely set it up. Like, they're making you want to know, right? It's not like It's breadcrumbs. Like, they're not, like, setting anything up where, like, George has had this terrible life and now we need to know about it. Like, they are, like, yes, you're right. They're, like, leaving breadcrumbs of, like, aggressive traumas in his past. In fact, George um, has probably had the best upbringing of everyone on the show. Yeah, that's at least out of all the true. interns and and residents that we have so far. Uh, yeah, at least of the people. Well, Lexi definitely had a good childhood. Yes, her life didn't start sucking until very recently. Um, but yeah, um, yeah, I would think say that's probably accurate. George definitely. I mean, look at his parents; they're great. Yeah. One's dead. Um, yes, it's a bummer. The, um, the okay, oh, so yes, ahead, Alex. Do you have a prediction on like what Alex's past traumas are? Um, I think that his traumas are very similar to that of Ray Liotta from the movie Goodfellas. Okay, where he gets into the mob and mm-hmm. he's selling drugs when he shouldn't be. Okay, and then Joe Pesci dies. Okay. And then Alex decides to become a doctor. Did you get uh, on Reddit and see that spoiler? Is that <laughs> not the answer I thought you were going to say? Um, well, like we know a little bit, like he had mentioned to Lexi that his dad started drinking when he was like, what, seven? Yeah. Um, like but that's super really young. all we know at this point in time. So I'm going to guess. Um, he was a wrestler and someone raped him. I think that he was wrestled. He was uh, raped by a fellow teammate. That is dark. Well, I'm, I, Jessica has been recently watching 13 reasons why. So, Oh, geez. Yeah. Also of, dark. A lot of dark rape in that show. God, that show. Man. That, oof. Yeah. It's just what really, Oh man, it really pissed me off when in the third season they were like, we're going to give this rapist a redemption arc. And I was like, what if we didn't do that? What if his redemption arc takes place in hell? Yeah, it was like not the vibe. Uh, I didn't watch that show. So, okay, the end The end scene, though, we get a little bit of redemption. Speaking of redemption, we get a little bit of redemption for Alex. Mm-hmm. And What did you think of when they're like, he's like, she's like yellow, right? She's all bright and shiny. And their lady goes, well, she brightens you up. And he goes, shut up. <laughs> yeah, that's a good one-liner I wrote down. Uh the thing is, is I get why Izzy would make anyone happy. She's beautiful, and I like her. But Alex, like, dude, 
pick a lane. Ava, Lexi, Izzy, Olivia, like Addison. <laughs> Come on. Well, this is what happens when you fill your hospital with exclusively wildly attractive human beings. Speaking of, I really need, I need to binge. Uh, okay, wait. This is important. Leah texted me. Okay. About private practice. Shout out, Leah. Shout out. She was um, like getting at the head of us for the next couple episodes. And she said that she watched the episode that Addison in and there's nothing from private practice that you need to know. And she looked it up and it aired after private practice was over. So it's not really a cross. This one isn't a crossover. So, cause I guess private practice also, cause it was the writer's strike. I guess season one is only like eight episodes. Okay. Um, so here's, here's the problem. And I'm going to explain the problem after a message from our regional sponsors. One of the best things about finishing a great book is knowing that you have another one ready to go in your to be read pile. With book of the month, you can make sure that your to be read pile stays stocked and ready to go. Each month, you can use the app to select from five to seven titles vetted and curated by the team at Book of the Month, focusing specifically on debut authors and early releases. If you can't choose just one, you can always upgrade and add more from your selection. And if that TBR pile starts to get a little too tall, you can skip as many months as you need to give yourself a little extra time to catch up on what you have. Personally, I am a huge fan of suspense and psychological thrillers, so I was very excited to see multiple books on the selection list for May that fit that description. I selected two different titles, both of which are set in Washington State, just like our favorite show, Grey's Anatomy. I thoroughly enjoyed The Return of Ellie Black, the first thriller novel from Amiko Jean, and have Middle Tide by Sarah Crouch ready to read on my road trip next week. Right now, you can sign up for Book of the Month and use code PEDALS to get your first book for only $5. That's code PEDALS, P-E-T-A-L-S to get your first book for only $5. Watch out for that blue box at your door and get your TBR pile stocked and ready. And we are back. And here's the problem, Kelsey. Do you want to know what the problem is? I surely do. I am way too deep into Scandal to pick up another show I, right now. I know. I was talking to your wife about it yesterday. Like, this show it's is fucking it's unhinged. <laughs> it's unhinged right now. What season are you in? We're in season four. That's what I thought when she was... I didn't want to ask, like, if certain things had happened because I didn't want to spoil it because I'm sh- I, assuming she didn't look it up again. I, I really, I'm hoping that she hasn't. She didn't do it at, uh, uh, actually, she did for one thing in How to Get Away with Murder, I think. Or maybe she stayed spoiler-free for How to Get Away with Murder. But so far, she's spoiler-free for Scandal, and I'm so proud of her because that's like yeah. her Achilles heel. I um, know, and I so I almost was like, oh, has this thing happened yet? But I didn't, I was like, well, if it hasn't, then I don't want to spoil it so i forgot to ask where you guys are in it but i kind of was guessing in season four based on the things she was complaining about yeah yeah i uh so so just uh spoiler alert if you haven't watched scandal skip past this it's like skip 30 seconds right now olivia was kidnapped what the mm-hmm. fuck the and then line is not jake my favorite. 
it's it's so it's it's so weird because here's the thing: once you're kidnapped and you make that like information known, you're just gonna get kidnapped every day forever for the rest of your life. It doesn't. <laughs> and also, like that scene with Fitz and Melly where she's like, oh, do you love her? She wasn't just a cheap screw? Then yeah, go to war for this woman. No! No! (laughs) Never go to war for a woman. Yeah, this is like, it's like a lot of lives that are affected by your choice to go to war for your girlfriend. It's not like, oh, I'll go to war for you. It's like, literally, I will start a world conflict for you. Yeah. Anyways, that's tune into next month's Patreon, which are we all up to date? Have, have all of our Patreon episodes dropped? Yes. Okay. Subscribe to Patreon uh, for more content. Um, okay. What were we talking about? I don't even remember now. Alex. Oh, Alex loves practice. Izzy. Private practice. Addison. All so the, the first women. season of private practice has nine episodes, probably also because of the writer's strike. So this is not a crossover episode, um, but this first season was completely over by the time Addison shows up. Uh, in a couple weeks, so it's probably something contractual where they had to just put her in an extra at random episode. Or Shonda's like, "I love you, come here," which also makes sense. Okay, uh, any last second other person thoughts, Christina thoughts, uh, George thoughts, dude thoughts, anything before we get into the big Tuck Bailey situation? Um, I don't think so. Oh, do you want to talk about Izzy, like, not wanting to do cardio anymore? She's like, I don't know what I want. Yeah, I mean, she's she's being a butthead. It's very simple. She just She just thinks that she has to compete with people, and Alex keeps talking her out of whatever, like, oh, you don't need to be Christina, you don't need to be a robot, you don't need to be all that shit, just be you. And then she goes and has that really good scene at the end with with Miss Archer and, um, you know, who knows what that's going to hold. But maybe that helps pivot her back to cardio. I don't know. Um, But Izzy's just kind of annoying right now to me. Yeah, Um, she's not in a good place. Yeah, especially since she just ruined everything with Jordan, Callie and Louise, like put her foot all the way up in her mouth. Yeah. So. All right. Bailey, Tuck, and Tuck. Start us off, my friend. Okay, so Bailey is in the apartment, and Tucker is um, having an attitude. Well, first he's ignoring her, and then she's like, okay, I'm leaving. And then he's like, well, now let's talk. And she's like, okay, I'm literally leaving. And he's like, well, you're always leaving. Um, So he has an attitude. He has a problem. Uh yeah, he's ready to be done. And so she's at work. He's calling her. She hangs up. Then her phone just like doesn't stop ringing. Then she gets paged to the ER. She goes in the ER. Her baby is there. He has been brought in via ambulance. There has been a very bad accident. And that is that he was trying to climb a bookshelf and it fell on him. Which is so terrifying. It is very terrifying, and I really hate it. Uh, before um, before yeah. that, I want to I want to backtrack just to the beginning scene where we see Bailey and Tuck. Uh, mm-hmm. Tuck, what does he say? Like, oh, you you never do anything. 
you're always leaving. You never do anything for this family. She's like, oh, now you want to talk now that I'm on my way out the door. And he says, well, you're always on your way out the door. Let's just go ahead and for one second, Tuck, and just be a little bit progressive. She's carrying the mental load for this family. She's giving you all the instructions for everything that you need for your entire day. Yeah. She really is doing everything for that man. Yeah. All you need to do is just do it. And then he gets in with, with little Tuck and just is like, oh, you didn't close the gate. Okay. If she didn't, who fucking cares? You were home with the baby. Yeah. So then you close it. <laughs> right. Like, like if, if Michael didn't close the gate at the top of the stairs and then I had Bennett at the top of the stairs, I wouldn't be like, I guess I'll have to leave this open because Michael didn't close it. <laughs> or right. I could just close it. Also, just close doors in your house. We close every single door in our house always. Yeah. Well, our office doesn't have a door on it, I will say. Oh, yeah. So some rooms are weird like that. But, but it's not the time or place to be putting blame on anyone. It's no. your kid. And that's like the biggest thing in this storyline is like the need to place blame. And I kind of feel like in that scenario, it would definitely be easy. I mean, and that's how certain people cope, I think, is just like looking to find a blame or like a quote unquote reason something happened. And I think that that's like a pretty standard thing people do in those kind of situations. But like it truly does not matter. It's like just actually an accident. Yeah. It's and now listen, like Tuck is mangled, right? Like she's when Bailey's explaining his uh, x-ray, it's it's bonkers. But I want to focus more on their relationship piece right here. It is, I'm having a hard time empathizing with Tuck. Oh, what's up? What happened? (laughs) I just scooted forward. And I was like, he's not looking. I'm just eyeballs now. (laughs) Yeah, just eyeballs. Uh, And voluminous hair. And voluminous, uh, non-puffy, freshly iced cheeks and eyes. Everyone buy an ice roller. Yeah. Uh, Tuck is just like... So far gone yeah. that in the midst of all of this, he's not even going to hold Bailey's hand. He's yeah. placing blame. I can place blame on Jessica and still simultaneously want to just love her so deeply. Yeah. But Tuck does not feel those those feelings. No. The resentment is too settled in his soul. He is beyond, like, he's not reachable anymore, I feel like. And we talked about this a lot in the in the previous episodes, but he's like it's he's made up his mind, so now he's just looking for any reason to like get mad at her or blame her, or fucking divorce her. Um. So yeah, it just sucks that that's because sometimes I feel like a situation like this brings people back together, and for him, he's just like, oh, it's another reason. And her thing when she's like, oh, you made a mistake, like you picked a bad wife and she made a bad mother and she like killed your baby and she ruined your life and blah, blah, blah. And I'm like, yeah, call him out. You're not doing anything wrong. Like it fucking blows. It's hard to watch. And I would say there's obviously there's, there's multiple sides to every story. Right. And everyone's got their Mm -hmm. point of view. The thing is though, from what we have gathered from this relationship, it seems like Tuck's only resentment is that she's always working. Well, and I think 
that he she's always working but now he's not because he didn't have this resentment when he still had a job they made the decision together for him to stay home with that baby and that is when it started that's when you got to get yourself a side gig, Tuck. That's when you start a podcast. You start I an you were Etsy say a side shop. Piece, and I was like, "Do not suggest that he cheat on that woman." Please. No, no, a side gig. <laughs> gig. Yes, yes, yes. Gig. Pick up being uh, a musician. Go do public speaking, Tuck. You got a good voice. Find Go do public for speaking. Yourself. Yeah. Also, can mm-hmm. I tell you a funny story? Speaking of voices, mm-hmm. I was at church the other day, and someone literally recognized me. Just by my voice from a past job. And she goes, did you work at this place? And I was like, yeah. And she's like, I know you. And I'm like, how? And she's like, we talked on the phone. I recognize your voice. And that's when I was like, I am destined for greatness. (laughs) Only your voice, not your face. Well, yeah, the job itself was like all phone calls. It was a kidding. Yeah. No, actually, I have a a face for radio. (laughs) Um, Real quick, we will take a small break for everyone's favorite segment. Living in Shondaland. Living in Shondaland. Speaking of voices. Um, One. Fuck. Man or woman? Lady. Okay. Is it going to be an obvious choice? No. Is it one of Miss Archer's healers? Yes. Is it the older healer? Yes. Yes! Wow. 20 questions. I win. (laughs) Tell me all about the old healer that Alex tells to shut up. Carol Locatell, who plays Mai in this episode, was in one episode of Scandal and one episode of Station 19. I don't know if you've gotten to the episode because it is in season four for Scandal. Her name was mm. Betty something or another. Maybe. Betty Cooper, maybe. Betty uh, Cooper? also an old lady in that one. So. Yeah, that's all. Not that I know of. Uh, okay. So, yeah, that's it. Just the one. Did the other healer even have a line? I don't uh, think I don't so. Know. No. Um. So okay. Um. Yes. He Tuck comes in. The, the good news is Derek like immediately clears him for brain damage, like neuro clear immediately. So they have to get him up, obviously for internal injuries. Bailey's like trying to treat him. It's very unsettling. Um. I mean, I understand why she wants to be with him, but. Um. So they take him up for, uh, like, all the scans and stuff. And um, it's bad, like you said earlier, when she explains the breakdown of everything. It's very, very bad. So he needs surgery. Um, The surgery aspect is a very emotional scene when she just barges in and Han is like, is this a fucking joke? Get out of here. Like you cannot be in here. We are operating on your, you are the mother of this baby. You cannot be in this room. I love this scene so much because Christina Bailey's like, I just want to hold his hand. And Christina's like, I will do it. 
and she's doing something in the surgery. Like she's holding a retractor. She has Lexi step up, hold the retractor. And she says that she will sit with Tuck and hold her, hold his hand. She's like, if it's okay with you, I can do that. And Bailey says, okay. And I just like, think that speaks a lot to the fact that like, yes, everyone says that Christina is a robot, but like when it matters, she's not. Well, and, and then I there's love that scene. There's that scene even a little bit later where Han was like, "Hey, this is gonna be big, Christina. Do you want to do the honors?" And she's like, "No, no, I'm, I'm, I'm good." I know. And I she's like, tells Tuck, she's like, like Han says, "Oh, this is what's happening," and she leans in and she's like, "That means you're. It's not as bad as we thought it is," and like, it's so fucking cute. Because <sighs> originally they thought like, so I guess the stomach was up near the diaphragm or it was Mm -hmm. in the, like by the heart. And then the liver was on uh, something, uh, the liver or the colon or something was, could have been ruptured and it was leaking feces into the body. Colon was ruptured, which would have been poo poo in your body, but it was the stomach that was ruptured, which is much less fatal. So yeah. Yeah. Poop is bad. Food is good. Mm -hmm. Yes. Um, well, so they do everything, the surgery successful, but they do have to intubate him. And she's like, we don't know when he'll be breathing on his own. And she's like, I know that. Don't you think I know that? Like, Jesus Christ, why are you fucking telling me things? Um, which obviously her, uh, state is understandable given the circumstances. Um, so then Weber takes Tucker to go see Tuck and Bailey has this moment with Han where she's like, I understand why you had to do that. And if my son lives, I will thank you for it. But if I never have to see you again, that's fine with me. And I'm like, (laughs) it's for Bailey. It's a bit harsh. I get it. I understand it. But like, I predict that that when Tuck comes out of this and they cross paths in the future, Bailey's going to eat her words and she's going to go, I'm sorry. I think really what it comes down to is just like now, because they didn't really have a lot of interaction prior to this. Now Han is just tied essentially to the worst moment of Bailey's entire life. Like, yes, she is the reason she is the person that like got her to the other side, her talk to the other side of it. But in that, that is like every mother's worst fear. And she is like in the center of that moment. She's like when Meredith was that to uh, Stan's wife. Yes, exactly. I get it. I get what you're saying. Yeah. So, I, I mean, it is harsh, but that's, I think that's, that's where it comes from, I think. Also, why were, why were little Tuck's eyes covered? Like that he's going across the river Thames? I was like, is he, I was like, maybe... Cause like, River you know sticks, how sometimes I mean? babies will start to wake up and you like, if you can just get them to close their eyes, they'll like go right back to sleep. I don't know if you ever did like this thing with Marlo. Like you just no. go like this and they, she closes her eyes. Yeah. No. If you like, just go like that and they close their eyes and go back to sleep. So maybe it's kind of just to kind of keep him sleeping. Um, but it's unsettling. <laughs> yeah. I was, I was very confused. I mean, then I thought, okay, is this a fake, is this a fake baby? But also imagine <laughs> being, the parents of that child actor and they said, yeah, your son's role is he sits there with tape over his eyes. Not very hard. Um, yeah. So, um, 
see what else is notable. I just want to circle back on the tuck pulling away from Bailey trying to hold his hand. Yeah, that's shitty. When he's like, oh, we didn't get him baptized. And um, she's like, oh, well, after all this is over, we'll like, we'll pick a time. We'll pick a day. We'll get it baptized and like reaches for his hand and he pulls away. Like, seriously, now is this was your moment. Your heels in this was your like, rectifying moment, yeah. Tuck, and you wasted it. Yeah. And then yeah, it's shitty when Archer comes in and she's like, I'm going to do some healing, but you guys need to hold hands because your juju is off. Yeah. Yeah. And they hold hands. She heals him. He starts mm-hmm. choking, which is good because that means he's rejecting the intubation. Mm-hmm. It's a good little bow on things. It wraps it up nicely. But yeah. then Tuck gets a hotel room like a dumb bitch boy. Yep. He's like over it. <sighs> yeah. It's interesting that she tells Meredith that. Yeah. That's very um un unbailey like to like share personal details. With Meredith. That's like yeah. a well, Bailey really and George conversation. Yeah. So then you get this end montage. Are you ready to talk about that? No. Which one? Oh, when everyone starts looking at each other. I don't know what you're talking about. So everyone's standing like oh, outside that, of okay. the room. Sorry, and, you said end and it confused me. Yeah. Uh, yeah, they're all like waiting yeah. before they bring the healer over. That's sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That, I, I wrote end montage. I guess that's not chronologically the most accurate, yeah, but you have I Mark. Like, well, I was looking at my last note and I was like, did I turn it off before something Yes. <laughs> Um, uh, Mark and yes. Han make eye contact. Callie and George make eye contact. Mm-hmm. Alex and Izzy. Uh, everyone basically makes eye contact except Derek looks at Meredith and Meredith doesn't look back. And he's like, he's a little glary. Yeah. He's, he's looking, he's looking mm-hmm. with his eyes and his dong. Um, Speaking, though, um, about Derek, I do want to have the conversation about his little interaction with Bailey, because this is a very good Derek scene. Yeah. Such a good. She's like sitting there. She's basically mentally retracing her steps, trying to remember if she closed the gate or not. And he's like, this isn't helping. It doesn't matter. It's an accident. Like things happen. And she's like, no, things don't just happen. It's not on God. It's on either me or it's on Tucker. And she like needs to blame someone. And he like does such a good job, like talking her down and like letting her have that breakdown moment that she's going to have. Um, and how it just doesn't matter. And he comforts her really well. I thought. I agree. It's. She was like going on and on and on. She got really intense. And then he just basically was like, like we're hugging. We are hugging now. And I think it's, that's the scene when Meredith and George see, and then, you know, he spoils the the kiss thing. But, um, we, we've seen a lot of good Derek and Bailey scenes over the last couple of seasons. Uh, most recently, I think we get that prom scene where he explains that, you know, he played saxophone and she played clarinet and, mm-hmm. uh, 
You know, we get some of those scenes earlier where he talks about even as as far as season two where he goes to Bailey for the whole like marriage thing. Like, what do I do about my wife? And that's when we find out first that Bailey is in a, in a a relationship and she is married. Um, and they've been together, what, over 10 years, I think at this point in in the series, 10, Mm -hmm. I would imagine roughly 10 and a half or 11 in this, at this point in the show. And, uh, so it was nice because they've established the relationship that that hug means something to Bailey. Absolutely. Yeah, it's just it's a heavy episode. It's a rough episode, um, especially watching it with kids and like imagining being in that terrifying scenario. I'm very happy that it all works out. Uh, is there anything else that we need to touch on? I think that's it. I, I it is interesting. Uh, there was that scene in the beginning with Han and and Christina and Izzy and Alex, and uh, basically. Mm. She's like, Izzy, we're doing the surgery. And then she doesn't. And then she's like, she goes and Christina's like, I want to do the surgery. And Han goes, Karev, are you a rock star? And he goes, yeah. always. always, <laughs> Like, the fuck? Um, yeah. But I, I just don't understand the beef with with Han and, and Christina anymore. But I hope this surgery with Tuck showed Han that, uh, you know, She's more than just a cutter to a lot of ways, yeah. and she does have a heart deep down. Yeah. But that was the one thing I wanted to make sure I added about that that early scene in the episode. Anything, other thoughts that you have? Uh, yeah, I just wanted to add also an early thing that happened is Lexi sees Alex at the house, and she's like, where's your girlfriend? And he goes, I'm probably back with her husband. Also, I don't have a girlfriend. And she goes, yeah, you don't have a conscious either. He goes, uh, you knew that going in. Yeah. So it's true. Truth. He's upfront about it. We've talked about it multiple times. Doesn't make him a great guy, but it makes him honest. Which he even says in this episode. To be said for honesty. He even yeah. says that to the lady. He's like, "Look, mm-hmm. I may not be a good, but good guy, but I tell the truth." Yeah. Which I think, if you're going to have a compromised moral compass, you might as well tack on the positive note of being honest. You know? Yeah. Respect that. So. Oh, I also liked the moment when um, Bailey is talking to Weber outside of Tuck's room after the surgery. And she's like, I have faith. I believe in faith, but faith isn't science. Faith isn't medicine and faith can't heal you. And Weber just goes, yeah, but it can't hurt either. And so that, that was the decision to bring Miss Archer in. And I, I liked that little moment between the two yeah. of them. And if anyone's going to have lost faith over their career, it's got to be Weber. You know, mm-hmm. he's seen his marriage fall apart because of choosing the hospital. Yeah. So, all right, let's rate this episode. You first. Let's rate it. Me go first. Yes. Um, this is a three point eight. Wow. Point eight. Are we far off this time? No, we're so close. Okay. Um. Yeah, I like it. Like, it's a big one. It's a tough one, but like, it's so well done. Um, the back and forth with Meredith is obviously annoying and kind of takes it down a couple notches. Uh, I like the, oh, I also mentioned, I wanted to mention that I really liked the contrast of um, Bailey, like really wanting to take care of Tuck, but not being able to. And then um, George's mom, like also really wanting to be able to take care of him, but like she can't, it's just like about like moms wanting to take care of their kids. Um, And like that always looks different. And sometimes it's plausible and sometimes it's not, but sometimes you just have to let things happen the way that they have to happen. But yeah, um, I'm going to say 3.8. What about you? 
3.9. Nice. So there's a lot that I like about this episode. Um, but there's not like, obviously the big, the big shock and awe moment is when Tuck comes in with Tuck in the ER. Mm -hmm. Right. Um, I think what would have made it a better episode for me, I'm a softie. I want to see redemption. I want to see Tuck and Bailey work it out. So that cliffhanger where they're they're not together is is sad for me. And it, I think it brings it down below a four. Um, other than that, I, I'm glad that Derek and Meredith are seemingly broken up for now. I'm sure they'll be back together next week, um, <laughs> which in... Grey's Anatomy time is literally two minutes from now. So, yeah, it, it was a good episode. Nothing wrong with it. Just, like, not... It didn't blow me away, you know? Yeah. All right, well, I think that's it. Um, any predictions you want to make? Let's see. Last week, you predicted that last week was the last time we were going to see Tucker. So, you want to update that one? No. <laughs> last week was the last time we'll see him? No, this week. This week is the last oh, okay. time. okay. Um, update anything for Alex's love shenanigans since he's got quite the line of ladies at the moment. I think that within the next two episodes, we're going to see Olivia. <laughs> okay. Um, and she's going to make a, what is it? Gonorrhea or syphilis? Syphilis. She's going to make a syphilis joke. Um, and okay. You think that George is going to move in with Lexi? Oh yeah. And within... Uh, by season five, episode three, they will have sex. Okay. And what about um, Han and Sloan? They will have sex before the end of this season. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. Also, the cliffhanger for this season, season four, Mm -hmm. is going to be Mark and Han having sex, but they're going to be in the atrium of the hospital. And then Han is going to go, I'm so sorry. And her ex-husband walks up. <laughs> I love that. Okay. Uh, I think that's it. That's also, really all that wait, wait, pause, pause for a brief second there. Uh, I don't remember what scene it was, but for a brief second, Oh, it was the last elevator scene when Callie and Han were leaving and yeah. uh, they're like, oh, you know, I don't really like people. And Kyle's like, oh, yeah. yeah, me either. And then Mark's in the elevator. Mark opens up the door and he's there or whatever. For a brief moment, I thought Han and Callie might bone. <laughs> Do you ever um, there? I don't know if you've ever like had rumors at the workplace where you're like, oh, those two are for sure boning. But they're just like best friends. I feel like that's yeah. what people thought about me and Kelly. <laughs> that's shout out because we were like always like very attached <laughs> uh i so actually fun fact i've been the center of a lot of rumors about that same and because nobody grows up yeah i just don't like i'm friendly with a lot of people but yeah, like i i don't what's the i don't dip my wick i don't dip my pen in the company ink also you're married <laughs> Um, no, but I'm like before, before we were married. Well, my thing is like, I'm not friendly with a lot of people and I still get put in those rumors. I mean, not now because I don't work, but when I was working, I would still get put in those rumors. So like, you can't win. It doesn't matter. People are just going to say shit. So just like live your life, whatever. It doesn't fucking matter. I bet you're fucking your roommate. I, the one I'm married to. Yes. <laughs> 
Right. That would make sense. Um, okay. Well, thank you guys for listening. Give us ratings. Tell your friends. Tell your family. Shout us out on the socials. Pretty please. You can follow us on Instagram at Grace Academy Pod. I don't post much, but I am on stories a lot over there. Um, I found a really funny video that I shared the other day um, about how Grey's Anatomy is never going to end. Um, and so you can email us at graysacademypod at gmail.com if you have anything you would like to say to me. Um, if you see Carmen walking down the street. Say hello. And that's it. Say nothing else. Give me money. Just put a dollar bill in my hand. Maybe a hundred dollars. It's fine. Buy me a smoothie. But whatever you do, no spoilies. And we will see you all in the next one.